Hi everyone, uh, great to be with you all again. And just a few more days until the end of this second lockdown and hopefully things are looking more positive. And uh, early in the next year with vaccines and whatnot coming along, we can get back to something like normality and we can meet again in person. But for now, we're continuing with our online presence and our online messages here. And this morning, we're gonna continue with um, this occasional series about men of the Bible. Now, this year we've looked at and been inspired by, I hope, or at least learned something uh, from the lives of John the Baptist, who Tim spoke about last week, from Simeon, Pilate, Thomas, Barnabas. And now we come to the ultimate man of the Bible. So who is this man, the ultimate man of the Bible? Well, in 1926, Dr. James Allen Francis wrote these words. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30 when public opinion turned against him. He never wrote a book, he never held an office, he never went to college and he never visited a big city. He never travelled more than 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things usually associated with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves and while dying, his executioners gambled for his clothing, the only property that he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Nineteen centuries have come and gone, and today Jesus is the central figure of the human race and the leader of mankind's progress. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected the life of mankind on earth so powerfully as this one solitary life. One Solitary Life by Dr. James Allen Francis, written in 1926, but as powerful today as those words were then. And in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 6 to 8, it says this. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. So let's think about um, what some other famous men of history have had to say about this man, Jesus. Napoleon, French general, politician and emperor. He said this, I know men and I tell you that Jesus Christ is no mere man. Between him and every other person in the world, there is no possible term of comparison. Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne and myself founded empires. 
But what foundation did we rest the creations of our genius upon? Upon force. Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love. And at this hour, millions of men would die for him. H.G. Wells, the British author, said this. He says, I am a historian. I am not a believer. But I must confess as a historian that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very centre of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all of history. And Martin Luther King Jr. said, Jesus Christ was an extremist for love, truth and goodness. Mahatma Gandhi, the well-known Indian political leader, said this, a man who was completely innocent offered himself as a sacrifice for the good of others, including his enemies, and became the ransom of the world. It was a perfect act. And Leo Tolstoy, that great genius of Russian letters, he said, for 35 years of my life, I was in the proper acceptation of the world, a nihilist, a man who believed in nothing, Five years ago, my faith came to me. I believed in the doctrine of Jesus Christ and my whole life underwent a sudden transformation. Life and death ceased to be evil. Instead of despair, I tasted joy and happiness that death could not take away. So that's what some of the great men of history or the well-known men of history have said about Jesus Christ. But what did Jesus say about himself? In John 6 and 35, he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. In John 8 and 12, he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. In John 10 and 9, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. In John 10 verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. In John 11 verses 25 and 26, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me Though he may die, he shall live, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? In John 14 and verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In John 15 and verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bear much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So this man Jesus, as king of kings, he is mighty and powerful and will one day judge the nations. Yet he's all forgiving and he's all gracious. Remember that graciousness, remember that word grace, we'll come back to that later on. He is the source of all our understanding of the qualities of compassion, nobility, heroism, sacrifice, honour, 
majesty, strength, integrity, mercy, authority, justice, righteousness, morality, and the list goes on. He is the source of life. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He takes people's lives and he turns them around. He did that for me. He can do it for you. He can heal the sick. He takes the broken and he makes them whole. He takes the self-sufficient and he shows them their dependence on him. He humbles the proud and shows mercy to the weak. He uplifts the poor and challenges the rich. He touches the untouchable and loves the unlovable. He always had time for people, the outcast, the prostitute, the small child, the lonely, the sick. He was there at the beginning and he will be there at the end of time as we know it. He will throw Satan and his demons into the lake of fire. And all of us will one day kneel before him. He laid down his life for you. Yes, for you. Taking the pain and humiliation, he had you in his mind. Yes, you. He took the hit for all the stuff that you've done. That is an offence to the God of the universe. And he took the hit for all of the stuff that you're going to go on to do. This is the greatest man who ever lived because he was and he is the only God who ever intervened in person in the affairs of man. He did what no other person who has ever lived could do. He took upon himself the sins of all of us. And the Bible says, there's one way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. This one way is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour and to follow God's plans for our lives as they are laid out in the Bible. Good works cannot save you. Faith in Jesus alone can save you. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see, when I was 29 years old, I was married to a wonderful woman, still am. We had two fantastic sons. We had a lovely home and a nice car, and I had a great job. Margaret and I were brought up on council estates. We came from working class families, and our parents saw us as successful. We'd achieved more than they could have imagined. We had made it in the world's eyes. And to be truthful, at that time, I didn't think I needed anyone's help. And I certainly didn't need religion. But you see, God kept knocking on our door. 
He put a Christian neighbour in the house next door to us when we were first married. She witnessed to us and even got us to attend an Easter service at her church, but nothing more. He put a persistent Christian to work with Margaret before we had kids, but to no avail. We moved out of the area and went to Leeds, but he brought us back to Gateshead and knocked on our door again. Come to church, he said, hear my message. Reluctantly we went, but again I turned my back on this offer and instead followed Arnold Schwarzenegger. But he didn't give up on us and eventually we saw the light and we bowed the knee. You see, Jesus opened my eyes to see for myself that I was a sinner. To recognise that I was a sinner. That I'd gone my own way. That ignored God. I didn't want to believe in this God. But Jesus opened my eyes to who I was and am. You see, I am a miserable sinner. There's no getting away from that fact. And nothing I could have done would have changed my personality, would have changed my worldview, would have changed the way I do things and saw things, were it not for the intervention of the living God. By grace, he chose me. By grace, I have been saved. My boss and my friends, they all laughed and they told me, don't worry, Terry, you'll get over it. You'll be back with the lads in a few weeks. Well, that was 1985 and we're now into 2020, almost 2021. And I haven't got over it. And I don't want to get over it. I don't want to go back to the way I was. I don't want the worldview that I held before. And I've investigated since then all the evidence to support the existence and uh, the presence through, not just through my personal experience, but look around at creation, look at all the evidence, and you will find, if you're willing, you will find Jesus. My relationship and friendship with Jesus has lasted. He changed me in a way I could not have done on my own. I'm still a work in progress, but he's faithful and he's promised that he will never leave me. And he wants that no one is left behind. My latest tattoo, I have those words inscripted. There's Latin around the cross of nails. Semper Fidelis, always faithful, always loyal. Nemo Residio, no one left behind. God wants that no one should be left behind. He wants everyone to come to him. And God willing, Dio Valenti. Then those of you who are watching today who don't know him will take that step of faith and come to believe and by grace be saved. So in summary or conclusion, what do you think of Jesus? Why don't you come on the same journey that I'm on, which terminates in heaven? And here's how you can do it. First of all, admit that you're a sinner and that you need God's help. Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5 and 12 says, 
Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And 1 John 1.10 says, If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Secondly, believe that Jesus Christ died for you and was buried and rose from the dead. John 3.16 again, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And Romans 5 and 8, But God commends his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And Romans 10 and 9 says, If you shall confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's pray this. Pray this with me. Dear God, I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ shed his precious blood and died for my sin. I am willing to change and turn from my sin. I now invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart and my life as my personal saviour. And if you've done that, welcome to the kingdom of God. Do let us know. Make contact and we'll make sure you're not left alone on your faith journey. Get involved, you know, wherever you are, wherever you're watching this, get involved in a good Bible-believing church. Spend some time developing your relationship and your friendship with Jesus Christ. You won't regret it. I didn't. And I know that the God of all creation wants you to come to him, that you might have life in abundance, not just in eternity, not after this one, but starting right now. And I pray that might be the beginning of your journey today. Amen. God bless you.